guy. It's Ryan Pitoff here, blogging from paradise. Make sure you stop by bloggingfromparadise.com, buy some courses, buy some ebooks. I have over 100 ebooks. Buy some audiobooks and paperbacks too. I just converted 50 of my ebooks to paperbacks. Boys and girls, I'm going to change things up today a little bit and I'll see what I feel like down the road if I want to take this strategy, tact, channel, approach for future podcasts, I want to talk about some of my wildest, most humorous, craziest, scariest travel experiences. And these will be long-form guys, as you can see by checking the length of this sucker, that indeed these will be longer podcasts, not three to ten minutes. So, if you enjoy it, you love a good travel story, stick around, share it with your friends. If not, no worries. You can just stick around uh, for the next Blogging Tips podcast episode. Today I'm going to talk about how I almost died in India. You wouldn't have the Blogging from Paradise guy. Guys, if I bit the big one, and I did come really close to passing away during my trip to India in 2013. Me and my wife, then girlfriend Kelly, booked a trip. We were in Kathmandu, Nepal, and I remember going to the embassy, seeing if we can get our visa. Sounded good to me. Sounded kosher. So I was more than happy to roll with it. So once our visa went through, we were able to spend about two and a half months in India. We focused on the southern part. First off, we rented a place in Pondicherry, which was beautiful. Had a blast there. Really nice place, fascinating spot. French culture, highly prevalent. Catholic culture, too, which is pretty cool. So after spending a month in Pandi, we made our way to Bangalore. Bangalore, a very cosmopolitan city in many regards, and a green city as well. Now, after spending about a week in Bangalore, I've been going through a difficult time in my life, experiencing some loss, some tough situations on the road, and just stuff going on back home I hadn't faced energetically, mentally. I just hadn't faced my fears, so as always, guys, if you really duck on your fears and you avoid them, they're going to manifest in some way. This is something that I just talk about so frequently. It's all energy. It's an energetic basis. So I remember one day specifically, I was just suffering mental torture, and I felt depression, sadness, fear, and pain. So, I sat outside of our hotel room. Kelly and I rented a room in Bangalore, and I remember sitting out in the hallway. It was kind of a dark, dank place. And I meditated for two hours. Now, this wasn't a deep, sound meditation. It was forced. I was just trying to outrun my demons, if you will, or maybe literally. So I'm sitting there for two hours. I'm going to force this meditation. I wasn't being with my grief, with my pain. 
And I just remember walking inside the room at like 2.30 in the morning, probably looking up, hey, what's that? And then going right back to sleep, and then I passed out. Now, I can't tell you the culprit meal-wise, but after going out a few times in Bangalore and enjoying some fine eats, different foods, we ate at a couple chain places, also ate at a really cool spot, trendy hipster theme. Bangalore reminds me almost of Hoboken in the States in New Jersey. Really, really cool place. I remember coming back home and my stomach was distended. Rock hard abs, not in a good way. Almost like I had swallowed a basketball. So I'm like, okay, I've experienced this in the past. They call it deli belly. You can call it bali belly. I've had it in most, if not all, Southeast Asian countries where I don't even get, quote unquote, sick, no vomiting or diarrhea. Or maybe a little diarrhea, but not even that. It's just these developing countries in some of the hotter places of the world and even developed countries. <clears throat> these parasites that your system, your body isn't acclimated to or aren't acclimated to create this intestinal discomfort and severe bloating, heavy belching, and it could lead to other physical problems. But in this case, something just felt a little different because I remember when I tried to use the restroom that I bit constipated, couldn't quite evacuate. So I'm like, this is weird. This is a little different. I haven't experienced this because usually a little more without being too graphic, free flowing. Okay, yes, we'll say diarrhea. And sometimes it's water like, and this is just how it is, guys. But it's constipated and I couldn't go, and the gas kept building in my gut. It's actually hard, it hurt. When I tapped my abdomen, it actually hurt. So I'm like, okay, it will pass. So this happens over the course of a day or two. I'm just sipping on some water, taking a couple bites to eat. I remember ordering soup downstairs, ordering the kitchen. A little bit of soup the day before we're leaving for a roughly 15-hour bus ride. First, we were going to bus from Bangalore to Cochin, Kochi. And then from there, we would bus to... Kovalam. So, I feel this impending sense of almost doom. It's foreboding. It was disturbing. Something was off, but it wasn't just that average sickness. It wasn't bali belly, deli belly. I was still constipated. Hadn't gone to the bathroom at all. But the gas kept building in my stomach, and I had that sour stomach nausea sensation slowly pervading through my being. <clears throat> it was just highly unpleasant. So remember the day we were leaving, and this is a good 12 to 15 hour bus ride across a decent chunk of southern India. I kept trying to sleep. I kept trying to sleep. I couldn't pass out. I was just laying in bed. I'm like, I just feel kind of bad here. So by the time I had to get up and catch the tuk-tuk, 
I guess in Sri Lanka, it'd be the three-wheel Lankan in India. Tuk Tuk, we'll call it. I was in a almost trance-like state. I just remember kind of looking up. I had not severe nausea, but that real dyspepsia, sour stomach, little waves of nausea, and just the feeling of, oh my God, I hope I get better. I hope I get better. Hope I feel better. And my head was kind of bobbing back and forth. I was tired. I was trying to just relax and allow the feeling of sickness to pass. So Kelly's propping me up in the tuk-tuk, and we start bouncing over to our bus. And it was about a 45-minute tuk-tuk ride when it should have been 25. He got lost, and we slammed into some traffic. So by the time we reached the overnight bus, we had to be basically thrown on, find our seat, and off we went in about 10 to 15 seconds. I'm not even kidding. It was just unreal. The bus drivers were so pissed off because we were a good 30 minutes late, which for bus drivers, forget about it. I'm stunned they waited for us, but they did. So as we get on the overnight bus, I'm feeling a little bit better. I got to admit, I had some water, felt a little energized. I'm like, okay, this is a sleeper. I could settle in. And I did get a decent amount of sleep. But when I woke up, it felt even a little more intense than it was earlier in the night. And I'm like, something's just off. I feel kind of sick. But at this point, I'm still thinking it's going to be one of those two to three day deals where maybe you diarrhea, probably not even vomiting. Because I've had it happen many, many times over the years. And then I'm like, hey, if I vomit, fine. It's going to happen. It happened in Pondicherry. I had some food poisoning. So we get to the bus station in Kochi at about 6.30 a.m. Sun's up, hot out, humid. So I'm like, oh, it'll be good to stretch around a little bit, walk around, stretch. As I walk towards where we're waiting for, bus stop, about ready to catch the bus to Muhammad. My body is completely overcome with an intense, sickening, weakening wave of nausea. It felt like I was being scanned from the top of my dome speedily all the way to my feet. It was one of the most intense waves of nausea I've experienced in my life. Within five seconds, I broke into a deep sweat. So we're talking zero to five, not exaggerating. Sweat dripping off my brow, dripping off my elbows. It was just the most intense wave of sickness at that to that point, at least, that experienced. So I said, oh my gosh, I had all these kindly Indian ladies around me in traditional saris and I'm like, I'm not going to puke on these women. I got to get out of here. So I slowly, I didn't run. I know if I ran, I would just heave everything, spew. So I slowly start walking over to the toilet. And on the way, I belched, which helped release some of the nausea. And then I did a little bit of evacuating, very little though. Again, still really constipated. So I'm like, something's wrong, intestinal blockage. What is it? So that passes. I feel a little bit better. <coughs> Excuse me, but I 
I hop on the bus. We wind up catching the bus. You know, sweat subsiding. Tell Kelly about it. She's just like, yeah, you know, what's going to happen? I just, again, I'm thinking I'm going to be fine. So Muhammad's only a handful of hours away. Pretty crowded bus. Feeling kind of crappy. Feeling kind of off. But we get there, and it's a beautiful place. We're in the rice fields. Absolutely stunning, gorgeous place. Small place. Cozy, homey. The dude we rented from was such a generous man. I start settling in. And I just take in a couple glasses of water. I think I had a bite of a little curry treat. And really hit the spot because I needed some sodium, some carbs, even though my stomach felt sour. But from that point going forward, everything started to slowly worsen. My appetite quickly vanished. I was not eating anything. Not only that, even though I was sweating like a pig because it was so hot and steamy in the rice fields and the fan, but I don't believe any air conditioning there. Maybe they did. I don't think so. I think it was just fan powered. I could only take sips if I had anything more than a half a glass of water. And I mean a small glass, my stomach would just blow up like a balloon. And again, it was painful to the touch if I get a little bit of tap. Like now I do the Kriya Yoga and I tap my stomach in the morning to release gas. Doing it then when I would tap myself, decent, not quite a punch of course, but it would hurt. It was just such a deep buildup. So I tried a couple of different things. Actually one of my reader buddies from back in the day who lived in the area, which was amazing, you know, traveling halfway across the world and he lived a couple of villages over. My man, Amal Rafiq, he stops by. We meet up, you can see some skinny mini images of me that I've been losing weight, not eating much, barely drinking. He brought me all types of Ayurvedic treatments. Kelly got me stuff, doing research online, and nothing was working. Now the weight's starting to really drop, and I'm getting weaker and weaker. Now nausea starts visiting me, deep nausea. Over the next couple days, throughout the day, a few times, and then especially when I wake up at night, I slept horribly during this period. I vividly remember waking up 2, 2.30 in the morning, being wide awake and feeling like I was going to puke. So I'd go into the bathroom, it would pass after maybe like a half hour, go back to bed. And meanwhile, I'm telling myself it's just a two to three day, even if it was beyond that at this point, which it was, two, three days it expired, they'd passed. Just a bali belly, a deli belly. It's going to pass. I'll get, maybe I'll get sick, but no. Not eating. Sipping water. Because if I took in too much, it was just that feeling I was going to puke, dyspepsia. Beyond that, heavy nausea. And I'm thinking, what the frick is this? But I still had that fear of going to a hospital because it was a fairly remote area. Not entirely remote, but remote enough to where I just didn't trust the hospital. Well, my card would be forced within a couple more days when I had not eaten in a good five days, six, and my water consumption intake was so low that I started to become really dehydrated. My cheeks were slowly sinking in. You could even 
my see my backbones a little bit. I'd never really seen the the nubs on my spine. You started to see that. I mean, my abs look great, but the root cause was not entirely pleasant. It was a nightmare. So I'm just losing more weight, and it's I'm getting weak walking to the bathroom. I just vividly recall seeing myself in the mirror. Beard had been growing in a little bit, and didn't feel like shaving. And just sometimes for hours, sitting on the toilet. Now, by this point, I had experienced, guys, cover your ears if you're not in for graphics, projectile diarrhea. It was unbelievably explosive and intense. And like I said, the toilet looked like a Jackson Pollock painting. Any of the food that I had taken in and just how my stomach was processing it, my system with whatever was going on in there, just bedeviling me, it was horrifying. So this had gone on now for a good two to three days, projectile diarrhea, and I had to sprint to the toilet not to poop my pants. It was instant. It was just like you'd feel it in your stomach, I got to go, and if you didn't get to the bathroom within three to five seconds, you'd go in your pants. And it was just such a frustrating feeling. And it was so hot and sticky and I was losing so much water weight. And I would just sit on the toilet and then I remember spinning around as the nausea started to build me. So I'd be working on the back end and I actually had a bucket by me. So if I was going to, I'd be able to vomit into the bucket because it was just this instant feeling of having poop and puke. And when I go to poop, it was so disgusting, such a disgusting experience between the smell and just the feeling and the sweat and the humidity where I would become overwhelmed with nausea and feel like I had to puke. But some of it was me fighting it and some of it was me really not having a ton left because I hadn't eaten much at all. And I've been taking in smaller and smaller amounts of water. So finally, guys, we're about a weekend. And I look at Kelly and I'm like, we have to go to the hospital now. It was time because a week had passed. This obviously wasn't two to three day deal where even if you have a little vomiting, have some diarrhea, it passes. Garden variety parasite. Whatever. Something was definitely wrong. So our friend who we'd rented from, excuse me, he calls his buddy, gets a tuck-tuck ordered. We get in the tuck-tuck and I just remember that was the longest, bounciest ride until a number of hours later. We'll get to that now uh, in a couple minutes, I should say. But it was just so nauseating because everything was amplified exponentially. Um, Bouncing, hitting, God knows, potholes, you know, cruddy roads. Again, it was more of a rural area. And it was just that feeling in my gut of any time we hit a pothole, I'm going to spew vomit. And I started feeling so weak by this point because I had been taking in water. I'd been sweating profusely because we're in a hot tropical climate in the rice fields. Temperatures hitting 
lower 90s and the humidity being through the roof. <clears throat> I'm just like, keep it together, keep it together. When I get there, they'll figure it out. My stomach was so distended. It just, I, no matter how much I burped, pooped, just tried to allow it to pass, it just kept building. So I get to the hospital at about quarter to 12. It was midnight just about. And there were six nurses lined up. They take some vitals as I lay on the bed. And a doctor walks in, pretty rushed, hurried. I explained my predicament, the symptoms. I especially pointed to my stomach. I said, doc, fill my stomach. This has been here like this for over a week now. I explained barely eating, barely drinking, the weakness, me needing fluids. I explicitly told that to the doctor. And he just looks at me in a rushed, hurried way, probably about quarter after 12 now. I've been waiting for him for a little bit. And he says, I think you just have uh, a lot of tourists get this little parasite and you'll be okay. We'll give you Indian Pepto-Bismol. And I started crying on the table. I said, doctor, I fully realize now that something is just so wrong. You can't do that. I'm like, it's not that. It's not the garden variety, whatever you think that it is. He said, no, no, we'll get it. We'll get you hooked up. So one of the worst feelings of my life was knowing that I was slowly dying from dehydration and I couldn't keep anything down. He wouldn't give me fluids and I knew it was not a simple case of indigestion through some bad meal because that's all it was. He said it was indigestion and it was it was so frustrating to hear that from a doctor to drag myself to the place with Kelly to go through that sickness to know that he is not diagnosing it. So I was just beside myself at that point. I was crying. Kelly walked over, got the prescription. We got the Indian Pepto-Bismol. Stomach just roiling on the way back. I took a scoop cup in the tuk-tuk. And I just remember saying, I'm going to puke this up within 45 minutes to an hour. Sure enough, I walked back inside the house. I'm feeling really weak now with all the sweating I'd done. I'd barely taken in any water. And I just laid in bed and I was felt overcome the strongest nausea I had experienced the whole time. And I just felt so weak, like, oh my God, I'm in real trouble. If you've ever been close to death, if you had a near death experience, I've had a few when you just know if I keep this up, if this keeps going in this direction, <clears throat> I'm going to die. And that's a horrifying feeling for most of us. I, with all my might, after being in bed, 2.30 in the morning, ran to the bathroom and puked up. First time I'd actually vomited, puked up all the Pepto-Bismol and there was nothing else. I'm like, I am so tapped out. And I was angry at that guy. I know he was just doing his job and he just felt, you know, he didn't want to be bothered, but hey, it happens. And after I had actually vomited, I felt so weak to begin with that the physical act of puking, of retching, just wiped me out. And I remember sitting on the cold, humid, sticky linoleum bathroom floor. 
I drag myself back to bed after about a half hour being in there, just sobbing, knowing that I'm in real trouble. And then I start having hallucinations going in and out of, not of consciousness, but just thinking I'm in a dream world and thinking I'm back to reality and trying to distract myself from what I knew had to happen. I had to get to an emergency room immediately. It was the intuitive knowing of you have to get fluids right away. And Kelly had asked me, and I'm like, nope, I'm okay. I'm okay up until that point. And I, was, I went to the hospital earlier or the prior evening, but I remember waking up at like four something. And I couldn't sit up on my own. I was absolutely paralyzed by fear and so weak from, well, as it turned out, I mean, I figured that then when my mind was all over the place, but my electrolytes being so low, not eating in over a week, barely taking in any water, sweating so much out that I was close to tapped out. I mean, at that point, the heat coming off my body, I'm like, I'm going to die within a couple days if I don't get fluids because I had lost so much from the sweating and I'd taken in so little and my sodium levels, electrolyte levels, just so low, no potassium. I couldn't take anything in. Stomach just bulging like I was pregnant and I puked at the Pepto and I'm like, I, I just remember looking at Kelly like she had to lift me up. I was like a rag doll and saying, crying to her, we got to go to the emergency room right now. And I look in her eyes and I forget that look of fear. Like this is a guy, I'm not an Olympia by any means, but I've been involved in athletics and exercise since I was five years old. <clears throat> At the time, that's a good 32 years, 33 years of exercise. Juco basketball player, power lifter, weight lifter runner. I mean, every, I mean, I've really been involved in a lot of physical activity, walking every day. So seeing that weakness where she had to lift me up to sit up and that look of fear in my eyes, she was horrified. So right away she calls the dude we rented from what an angel he was. He rushes there bringing four 30 in the morning with his tuck tuck buddy. And they whisk me off to the emergency room at a different hospital. Now, they dragged me from the bed to the house or to the tuck tuck. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to mentally go through this. It's, it's actually disturbing because I've made light of it and I've joked around about it. And parts of it. After, when I talk about my physique and looking like the machinist, humorous, <clears throat> but going through it, that level of intense suffering was nothing, uh, something that I'd never wish on any other human being. And I'm just remembering how they dragged me. I, I almost couldn't walk. I like sloughed my feet with the flip flops on. I may have been barefoot. I don't even remember, but I'm feeling so nauseous and so sick and so weak like life was being squeezed out of me. So we're just bouncing there and I'm starting to hallucinate again. I, I'm just going back and forth between this world and other worlds. 
And I remember just like nodding and looking down and looking over at Kelly and just the concern in her eyes and we're bouncing around. And I remember when we pulled up to the place, I barely lifted my head up to see Prince Charles and Princess die. There was a huge mural where obviously this place had received crown money. So there was like a little faint glimmer of hope in me, even though I felt like death, like I was dying. That, okay, this place got some funds from the crown. So that grant, let's hope it carries through and they'll be more professional than the people at the last hospital. They dragged me inside. I lay down on the floor of the admitting area. We had to be admitted before going to the emergency room. So I lay down. They just put me down. I just laid down. I, I laid down on the floor for everybody staring at me. Just absolutely unreal. So bring me to the back. I'm sitting there. And we're getting to the 30-minute max, guys. So this is going to have to be continued. Another podcast episode. Look at how quick. Huh? I will record part two very shortly. <laughs>